it, you know, you, you kind of worried me for a second because, uh, you know, obviously earlier the connection dropped and I was like, oh no, is this just going to be a disaster? So uh, thankfully not. Thankfully what, not. Are you in the Lebanon tonight or something like that? Are you in the Lebanon and the electric went off or something like that there? No. <laughs> No, I'm in the next best place, which is our distillery. Uh, so I was I was working late, and I'm actually in the uh, cask uh, presentation room. So I'm in good company here. So wait to see. I'll just show you here what's beside me. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, no shortage. Oh, put, I'll put your big, I'll put your full screen. Move that round so as we can see that. Look at that there. Look at that there. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice, wow. isn't it? Lovely. Yeah, that is pretty good. That's pretty impressive. Now, you come from a very long line of, we'll say spirits makers. That'd be yes. a good way of putting it. Because yes. not, not necessarily whiskey. Well, but... you know, let, let me, uh, sorry, I'm not interrupting, I hope, but uh, I'll just interject there with, with a small kind of uh, point maybe to, to clarify it. Uh, of course, uh, people probably know us originally as being uh, putting distillers, but one thing I suppose I'd, I'd uh, like to, um, I think, articulate at least or try is that um, poutine and whiskey originally were uh, the same spirit. Now, when you go to the Gaeltacht, right, you go to Connemara, you go to other Gaeltachts in, in, in the country, the Irish-speaking areas, they still refer to poutine as fushke. So my brother, the head distiller, he'd be reluctant, actually, to be honest, in the office to... Uh, to refer to our poutine as, as poutine, he would say, what do you mean? That's fushke. <laughs> Stop calling it poutine. Like, you know, I know it's officially that. But anyway, of course, uh, fushke was later anglicized. It yeah. became whiskey. So I suppose from that backdrop, that's, I guess, you know, our lead in, into, in, in, into the world of whiskey. Uh, shared mash bills, uh, of course, uh, poutine is typically unaged, or if you want to use the term fushke, um, but small casks, shared mash bills, there's a huge amount in common. But anyway, sorry, I hope I didn't interrupt there, but I just wanted to clarify Absolutely. that piece uh, in, in case uh, people were interested in it. No, well, you come from a long line of fishke makers. <laughs> Correct, we do, we do. So um, my brother and I, we learned from our late grandfather, and uh, obviously the tradition is carried on right down through the generations. Mikkel, the... the, where, the 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 brand is named after Mikkel, and that was our great 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 grandfather's first name. So there's there's an unbroken family tradition there, and uh, I, I would think we actually may have the longest uninterrupted uh, family heritage today in Irish distilling. It's 170 years, according to your website. Yeah, over 170 years and uh, six generations now. Mind you, we are the first legal uh, <laughs> distilling generation. So no, no need to get technical. No need to get technical. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, I mean, you are technical already. You were talking about mash bills. It's it's the most technical thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's certainly it's nice to see this movement happening where it actually becomes more authentic. It becomes more historic, authentic, real, whatever way you want to put it. You know. Yes. Uh, it's it's amazing though when you when you look at the um you know the historical mash bills and uh, oh yeah you have I thought that was my um I thought that was the wall they are on the wall actually <laughs> as it goes there's three different mash bills but it is amazing how how close in relationship the fushke mash bills and the whiskey mash bills were uh, of course yeah again I mean you know essentially they were the same and of course yeah. cask aging later changed all of that and tax laws and everything like that so. Uh, 
So uh, I, I don't know, is it Justin or, or Marty there? You have something to uh, to talk about there? No, no the uh, the mash bills. We we, no. we we like it when the guests ramble on. We love it oh. because then then you'll <laughs> give away trade secrets. You know, you'll give away trade secrets. Then you know that's what we want. No. You're welcome right. to trade secrets. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll take it step by step. You, you guys decided you were going to build your your distillery, yes. and and you started. What did you start making? Obviously, there was there's the big gin rush. Um, so yeah. What the, how did how did you how did you go from the concept to actually building your distillery, and then what were you going to make? Um. So the original concept was. Um, you know, the, the, the thing was always the, the tradition, always in the family. Uh, I always had a great lover, grow for it. Uh, you know, had a very close relationship with, with our grandfather. And, uh, you know, the, the thing actually that inspired me was the tequila story originally and how misunderstood it was. And I thought, you know, poutine is equally misunderstood. Yeah. And uh, I thought it'd be just wonderful, you know, to actually tell the, the real story. And uh, that was the, you know, if you like, the, the craziness of the idea. But uh, something, you know, whatever it was, call it gut feel, call it, um, I, I don't know if I should use the term, like, uh, <laughs> um, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Vocation. I don't know. Something, something of that sort. Uh, just call it gut feel. Uh, just said, look, you know what? This is something destiny, destiny. Yes, we just wanted to want to want to uh, you know to to bring this uh, story to life. And I thought you know there's so many misunderstandings around uh, poutine. Let's let's tell the world what the tell the world what the real story is. Yeah. So instead about um, you know bringing the family recipe you know uh, into reality, uh, met a lot of uh, challenges along the way in terms of trying <laughs> to find uh, a place where we could still try it in Connemara didn't work uh, for planning reasons. And then um, spoke to a number of the breweries in the city. Uh, Galway Bay Brewery happened to be one of them. And uh, their brewery was sort of winding down in the Oslo, which which is where we are. And uh, they were, you know, expanding their other facility. And uh, they've since expanded uh, to another bigger facility. <laughs> but uh, when I mentioned the story to them and the, you know, the idea and everything that I had, they were completely bought in, I suppose, uh, from day one. And um, that's sort of, um, you know, they basically said, look, go and have a look at the premises, see if it suits you. And we had a look and it, uh, it suited because it was already a brewery. So uh, it was a matter yeah. of uh, getting a steel in and uh, starting production. So that started in 2016. And um, my business partner, Ross, uh, joined us then in 17. And uh, Niall Walsh then from, formerly from Galway Bay Brewery, he actually... Uh, uh, sold out of uh, Galway Bay back in uh, 2016, 2017 himself, and uh, he always uh, wanted to, to help out, so he did help out as a, as a non-executive director, so he's got obviously a lot of route-to-market uh, connections there from being mm -hmm. in the beer business, and uh, of course my brother has been with me from the start as well, he's the, the head distiller, so we would have been working alongside, uh, he's completely in control I suppose now of the uh, production um, I do other things. Uh, so like, what are you even doing? You know, uh, but uh, you know, I do, I do stuff. I do uh, things that I hope that are uh, productive. And gin, the gin thing. You know, in terms of how did we get into gin, or you know, um, why did we get into gin? So our poutine actually contains a local wild flower. It's called bog bean, 
and actually it's related to Aquavite and uh, you know the original uh, well our earliest written records is uh, the Red Book of Ossery and yeah. it mentions uh, you know the making of uh, Aquavite which was translated of course into Ishkabaha and it does mention that local botanical that bog bean uh, right. so we, we've been using that ever since but you know that was the thing that inspired us in terms of gin now like when when the when Mikkel Putin came to market, the gin craze was you know it was on fire. So yeah. it would have been much easier, I think, had we started with with that category. Uh, however, that wasn't the if you like it the thing that inspired us, I suppose, to get going. So you know we we stuck to tradition, stuck to mm-hmm. what we knew, and then I suppose because we were distilling with botanicals, we decided you know what. Uh, there's wonderful wildflowers and herbs around us in Connemara. We should make a gin that encapsulates that. And that's how we created uh, Mikkel Irish Gin. And uh, people may, may have seen we launched a, a new gin varietal this week. And uh, it's our, our spiced orange gin. So it's it's only for sale in the UK at the moment with the uh, craft uh, gin club there. So that was a pretty big thing for us. It took us ages to produce all of that. 110,000 uh, bottles. That's what I was going to say. It wasn't a small amount. You know, the, with the best bottle in the world, Mikkel's not massive. You're a, you're, you're, you're a craft Craft is basically another word for fairly small um, yeah. outfit and 110,000 bottles. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were shut down uh, doing uh, anything else apart from the gin for uh, a number of months, you know. <laughs> so, like, there were double double shifts uh, for uh, the guts of three months, basically. So, uh, you know, my, my brother was there, Pablo was there, his, his assistant who's uh, gone back now uh, studying further, but uh, he's a new assistant with him now, a lovely fellow called Sean. But uh, so it, it was uh, a testing time. Things things went wrong, like, you know, with the equipment and everything along the way. Uh, but anyway, we, we managed to, you know, fix things yeah. and get it going. Like, you know, pumps and stuff, like people don't realise the realities of this, you know. You know, you can get a pump gone and, you know, it, it uh, can d- disrupt the whole thing on you, you know. So, oh, well, but I guess, I mean, to go from... A fairly limited amount. I, I assume you're not selling. You're not selling hundreds of thousands of anything else. I would. I would assume this was the. A huge that is the single biggest um, sale uh, we, we've had to date. I, I saw this earlier on in the week, and I thought to myself, "Wow, that, that you know, it's a bit of a game changer for you, to be honest." It, it really is. Um, I, I think it, it sort of uh, challenged us to sort of think, how do we actually plan this into yeah. our schedule? Because we did have to stop everything else. And uh, how do we make sure we have enough stock of other things while we're making it? And uh, so that was a bit of planning. So again, you're, you're learning all the time. You know, uh, we, we've never taken on any outside investment. And I think the thing we hope will, that will stand to us is that uh, because we've learned the hard way. I mean, we're we're well over four years in now at this stage, five years for me, uh, about four years there for us and Jimmy. And uh, you know, it's it's um, you know, it's 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 a long old road. When you look back, <laughs> you just think of all all the learning. So you know, it's it's like um, learning a trade. You know, I think you have to put in the graft to to make the mistakes, uh, to learn from them, and uh, you know, become sharper. So we, yeah. we think we're better as a result. Uh, you know, and uh, we, we're humble, I suppose, that we've uh, learned a great deal in the process. But then, uh, you know, we always intended making whiskey. Uh, we we just had to focus on getting the initial products right. And once we had uh, got consumer acceptance, and uh, again, we don't have broad distribution, but again, we're uh, slowly but surely learning. We, we knew then the step was, uh, the time was right to start laying down our mm-hmm. own whiskey in-house. So we started doing that late last year. 
uh, we uh, we were the first whiskey distillery going in over 100 years, and we wanted to we wanted to lay down our own whiskey, so at least start it yeah. before we ever released an independent bottling. So there are two independent bottlings coming uh, later this month, and uh, transparency actually is a key thing for us with with those uh, yeah. two particular products. But uh, so we started laying down the casks there late last year. And then just recently, then we we uh, obviously announced our uh, cask, uh, you know, um, ownership program offering, and uh, that's gone live. And uh, touch wood, uh, part <laughs> of the fun, it is uh, going pretty well uh, so far. We're, we're delighted with the support. So uh, to, to those who've already supported us on the journey, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we're incredibly grateful. And um, yeah, so I suppose you know the the purpose of the the uh, cask offering it's not an investment as in, in the traditional sense we're not saying you're going to make money on this uh, yeah. it is to do something interesting it's to you know get uh, a piece of whiskey history it's yeah. to support us in our uh, journey in terms of uh, you know uh, building our brand and uh, building our new facility uh, those who've already picked up the prospectus will see uh, our plans for a bigger and newer facility in uh, South Connemara, which is where the nickel originates, and uh, we're uh, you know we're really excited about that. It's 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 a huge leap for us, a huge leap of faith, and of course we're working alongside Udras Nagoyeltacht on that. They they are the uh, uh, state development body for the region, and yeah. uh, they're they're fully behind uh, the projects. They've you know they they've come in, and the, you know they, we've been talking with them and discussing things with them you know over the years. And uh, they've been, um, to be honest, and, and I, I, I hate to sort of uh, sound anyway, um, you know, um, overconfident or arrogant, but uh, they, they just couldn't believe how much we had done with how little resources we had. But uh, yeah. I, I'd really like to think that we are resourceful, that, you know, we, we were, were able to do a lot with, uh, with very little and uh, we want to continue that resourcefulness as we, as we go on. Well, I think, uh, I think uh, whenever you're whenever you're making an order of one hundred and ten thousand bottles for very limited resources, I think I think one people should be impressed, and two, you should be proud of yourself because that, that's a huge achievement, a huge achievement. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, you know, to be honest, we we did we did ce- celebrate a little. Uh, you know, we had a <laughs> number of the uh, number of gin and tonics there. Um, you know, during the week, and I thought, like you know, for God's sake, like we don't really celebrate these little moments enough. So we. Uh, we we decided. Look, okay, just let's let's have a few of these. We're we're crazy busy at the moment. Like we're sure. we're so sleep deprived. It's not even funny, <laughs> but it, it's all good. You know, we're, we're really, really enjoying it. There's a lot of a lot of positive things happening. But um, so another little uh, new product development uh, for us is our poutine based Irish cream liqueur, mm-hmm. which is also coming uh, later this month, and it's uh, the world's first. Uh, you know, using uh, putting, and it is a geographically indicated product, no more than Irish whiskey and Irish putting. So we'll we'll have all three in the uh, in the portfolio. So we're for Christmas we're, for Christmas, yes, exactly for Christmas. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, I, I know everyone here has a fantastic palate, but uh, I, I can't <laughs> I can't emphasize enough how uh, amazing actually the, uh, the the liquid is. It's 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 phenomenal. So we're. Can't wait to, to get it out there. And then the independent bottlings. Um, we have a five-part peated, uh, peated blend coming to, to market as well. Uh, so it, it's uh, it's Great Northern uh, Distillery Spirit. Again, mm-hmm. like I said, uh, transparency is uh, really important to us. 
and uh, it's finished in three different types of casks and uh, we've bought all the casks ourselves so we've taken full control over the finishing so and uh, that one in particular was aged for over eight months the the intention actually was to age it or finish it rather in six months but it wasn't quite there and we said look number one thing for us here is to release a you know a, an exceptional product yeah we gave it the other two months we've delayed uh, getting it out there but we thought we want to make a a very good impression because that's we feel we've done that with the previous product so uh it's it's really important to us that we we've been asked a that. question about the peatiness uh there yes uh, it says what's the level of peatiness of irish sm and sps before barring and what's the planned peatiness during bottling more caramaro whiskey level or hard but bag level so um I, so I, in the in the five-part blend is it uh, I, I th what's he asking there, Murray? Exactly? Do you know? I think he's maybe asking for for your your single malt on your. Okay, the 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 things that we're distilling here in house is it? I, I think that's maybe what he means. The, your, yeah. Your... Um, so you know, with with the cereals that we're using here in house in our mash bills, uh, we're using Connemara turf, so we're still cutting uh, our own turf, <laughs> still still trying it, still still bringing it home ourselves. So we feel it uh, brings uh, an element of terroir from the region into it. And um, so how peaty, do, do you know what? We actually aren't, uh, <laughs> it. in terms of levels, it, it, it varies slightly from, from batch to batch, but um, it, it would be pretty, so the single malt, the single malt is the most peated uh, spirit um, out of the three mash bills because uh -huh. of course the only peated component is the malt. So then, the next most peated one then would be the uh, the, the, the 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 peated pot still itself. So that's uh, forty five percent barley, uh, fifty percent malt, five percent oats. Of course, the reason for the oats then it's the, it was the dominant grain around uh, this neck of the woods in in uh, in Connacht, uh, you know, most recently historically. Mm -hmm. The least peated then is our um, heritage uh, pot still. And of course, the, the malt component there is is smaller. Yeah. So, um, in terms of peat levels, that would be the order in terms of uh, which one is uh, most peated. But um, it, it's, well, one, uh, well, one yeah. of the thing, one of the things would be the fact that peat has its own terroir. Peat, peat does change. There are there's peats that are almost like coal, and there's other stuff that's you know it's a bit more fruity and a bit you know it's it's depending on the area that it is the peat. That you actually use as a different level of peatiness, if you like. Completely. So, for instance, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, people may find this interesting. You know, along the west coast of Ireland, uh, most of the peat bogs would be blanket peats. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, they're more acidic than. I'm actually a former geography teacher, so uh, full disclosure there. That's why I'm probably <laughs> a bit more. In, that's why I'm probably too much into it, really. Um, but um, you know, I've, I've lost some of that knowledge because I've. Uh, become too accustomed with with alcohol production but, uh, <laughs> anyway um so in the midlands of course then you have your uh, raised uh, peatlands so yeah. again you have a different vegetation um and uh, you know it's a different depth it's so in other words you will get a different uh, smoke coming from from those uh, yeah. different types of turf and uh, even the closer you are to the ocean as well uh, you may expect some more sort of iodine characteristics in in the in the piece. And, um, you know the other the other piece is uh, it's it's funny. You know, in in um, in, in uh, some some native Inuit uh, cultures, 
they have a great deal of terms for, for snow and different types of snow. Well, 50, in fact. I think is it 50 <laughs> or 200 they've got for snow, something like that. Yeah. And, and, and the, 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 I suppose the, the correlation, I suppose, is that, um, that you have more terms in your, in your language based around a certain topic and how important it is in the culture. So yeah. interestingly, we have a huge amount of terminology related to, uh, related to turf or to, to peat. But uh, generally speaking, you would have sort of three, um, three sort of uh, types of sod. Uh, so I, I, it doesn't actually um, make sense in English when you translate it. But moon one is the white turf. It's not actually white. It's just the top layer. It would be the most uh, sort of um, fresh, fibrous uh, part. And then down at the bottom, you have moon hull, which is literally translated as black turf. And that stuff would be the most, um, how to put it, the, the cleanest burning. So what you want is a nice mix of uh, the two sort of big layers and, um, you know, the, the, uh, the top layer gives off the most smoke, but the, the bottom layer uh, kind of gives the, generates the most amount of heat. So yeah. I really sound, sound like a bog monster. And, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to, uh, just in case the, the, the listener there uh, thinks I'm evading the question in terms of how peated, it would be pretty profoundly peated, uh, to be quite honest. And it would be to the level of Connemara, uh, it would be verging on some of the, sorry, the single malt, if you take it in, in isolation, uh, the single malt mash bill, it would be uh, up there with some of the uh, single malt scotches. So the likes mm -hmm. of your, uh, you know, Lagavulins or Lefroigs, you know, or, or even, you know, Ardbeg. But the thing is then the cask influence is fairly uh, profound itself as well. So it really does mellow, uh, that peat influence. So, are, are you double or triple distilling? By the way, yes, great question. Everything uh, we're doing in house here at the moment is double distilled, uh, but it's not to say that we won't uh, triple distill in future. Yeah. It's just that I mean, obviously, the more the, the, the that extra distillation cuts the peat by a, a considerable margin too. So, I've got a great band name brand name for this PD one. <laughs> Why don't you call it Mickle Ignite and it, it, it'll read Mickle Lignite. What about that for a name? Isn't that a good name? Lignite? It's, it's fantastic. You know, it would really appeal to uh, those that are into whiskey or it would be, it create, it create a great opportunity for, for uh, educating people. So I hope you don't mind uh, if I use it, Justin. It's a fantastic no, no. idea. Do you, do, you, do you like it? No, you, you can have it because, listen, the BBC rip off my ideas for internet and so you take it and use it. Everybody rips off my ideas, don't you worry. So take it and, take it and do what you like with it. Well, at least at least I'm honest enough uh, to, uh, oh, to say it. We'll and be up front. If, if it uh, does come out, become a commercial reality, you've heard it here live, uh, you get a free bottle of that, all right? Can I do like the adverts? You know, like your man that was from what? What was his name? Uh, from Caddyshack that did the 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 Lost in Translation. Bill Murray. Can I do the advert? <laughs> and and you can dub me in the Irish for the advert as well too on TG Cacker, and that'll be brilliant. Yes, you're on. You're on. <laughs> now, now, you you guys are down in a in a in a Gaeltach region, aren't you? Well, we're from the Gaeltach region, uh, but at the moment, you know, the current distillery is in Salt Hill. So just it's it's Galway City. Uh yeah. it's just on the outskirts. And then uh, you know, it's it's another fifteen kilometers west is where the proposed distillery is gonna be. And uh we're we're uh, excited to get going on that uh, and, whole process. And will you be using Will you be using the, the distillery and, and some of the products to to promote the Irish language? Is that, that 
because I can see I can see how that would really work really quite well down in your neck it's, of the woods. To, to be honest, um, it's it's uh, we are champions uh, of of the language, um, yeah. and uh, we, we are uh, champions of uh, distilling in the sense that we champion them. Uh, so we're we're uh, we're very proud of them, and uh, the two things together, uh, they're they're not. They're not, um, you know, to, to be taken separately. But uh, so we, we speak Irish here as the first language in the distillery. So mm -hmm. we, there's no incentive for us to do it as such here. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting when you have conversations with people who may not be in touch with uh, with the language or with the Gaeltacht the as such. And they're, they're very surprised sometimes that it's actually your, your first language. They say, yeah. and what do you speak when you go home? And we're like, well, we speak Irish as well. And it's, it's the most natural thing in the world because it is our native tongue. Yeah. But um, so it's not, uh, we don't try as such. We probably have to think about it when we're going to, you know, when there's other uh, people obviously visiting or, you know, who are working here where you have to, of course, uh, you know, use English. So uh, anyway, th there's a, a very natural transition that happens there. Yeah. But uh, certainly in terms of uh, the new distillery as well, it will continue to be a huge part of our huge part of our, our identity and what we're doing. But the other the other piece there is uh, just so people know uh, the, the intention is as well that once these 240 50 litre casks, once they're distilled and laid down, and by the way, they're all being aged here in Galway, uh, so we don't have enough room for to store the entirety of them in the distillery. We have a, a bonded warehouse uh, facility here in uh, Galway City, and uh, we're going to, uh, you know, we're storing, the, you know, the surplus there. But yeah. um, once those casts are done, uh, there won't be any more whiskey production here once the new facility starts. So it's it's exceptionally limited and, uh, you know, it equates to 60 200 litre casks, you know, when you when you when you when you do the maths on this, you know. Yeah. So are, are you going to keep that your existing facility? Are you going to keep it as a touristy place in Salt Hill itself? Yes. And and have the visitor center separate or another visitor center at the other location as well? So we're going to keep uh, this place. It is our how to put it. It's it's where it all started. Uh, I, I think you know ideologically, like it would be a, a real shame if we didn't keep that that whole story going and uh, keeping distilling going here so we'll probably continue making poutine and gin here and then in the new facility uh, it'll be predominantly whiskey production and uh, but both places will have visitor centers i can i can assure you we we love we love visitors we're, we're not too bad at them either we're we're currently number one food and drink experience in galway according to uh, According to TripAdvisor, that's not according to us. Just in case anyone's wondering. Right? <laughs> good job, good job. Now the Pochine, your brand, the Pochine, uh, is is out and about. Has been for what four, three, four years now. So Nickel Pochine came out originally in 2016. So uh, the first batch went to market in May 2016. Uh, we also have our heritage putting in. Uh, so, sorry, the first one is unpeated. It's 100% Irish malted barley plus the bog bean botanical. The uh, heritage putting then came out in 2018, and that's 80% barley, 20% oats. The two cereals are actually uh, malted and both are peated. And again, uh, it's the same guys that are doing the Irish craft uh, malts. They're the same guys that are doing the malting for us. Uh, for all the, the whiskey uh, malt as well. So uh, yeah. we send them the turf, they do the malting and the peating at the same time. Good. Uh, it, uh, I, I, I've said this many times on this show that there, I think poaching has so much potential, so much potential. One, it's, it's got the, the sort of craft and heritage to it as 
bags of flavour, bags of flavour, and also it's really starting from nowhere as such, and it's a lot cheaper than whiskey. I mean, it's just a lot cheaper, which is going to have a certain cachet and appeal to well foreign export markets. I mean, I can just see it just catching on somewhere, and it could be somewhere totally arbitrary. You know, I, I, Taiwan could just take, oh, I love it, we, we just <laughs> fall in love. Do you know what I mean? I, could, I can see that happening somewhere, you know. Yeah, we, we're we're certainly you know uh, again we, we we love the category. It's our it's our native spirit. Uh, we see it happening. Hopefully, it won't happen tomorrow because our capacity is so <laughs> limited. You know, and we'd hate not to be able to to keep up. But uh, that that is kind of our our sort of slight weak point there at the moment. Our putting capacity, but uh, again, we're devoting a lot of our capacity there to our uh, whiskey production there at the minute. Yeah. But uh, we we fully see it. Like you know, there, there's no doubt about it that uh, uh, putting will have its day, and it could be a number of years away. But it's certainly on the way. And uh, you know, it has to be said that uh, the likes of Dave Mulligan there from 1661 and uh, Bond Putting, he runs Ireland's first ever putting bar up there in Dublin, and uh, he deserves a huge shout out for yeah. um, you know championing the putting category. To be fair to him, he he gives a shout out to. Uh, all the brands all the time and a huge uh, ambassador for the category and a couple of other people then that deserve a strong mention in terms of being uh, uh, big um, champions of the categories Uh, Simon King there from from Galway himself um, you know he's an amazing uh, cocktail bartender and Mm -hmm. uh, he's a huge he calls himself a putting pusher so I've (laughs) I've kind of uh, taken his lead on that one as well and uh, Andy Ferreira there from from Cork uh, he's got casts big putting advocate there and not to forget Garrett Lamb from Vintage Cocktail Club in Dublin huge uh, putting proponent there himself as well well I was I was in Edinburgh this week and I was down the I was down uh, up in the old town and down the Royal Mile and I thought we have a wee podcast coming out about me talking about the, the, the various now this is the heartland of the capital of Scotland Scotch whiskey through and through and yet I was walking down them and went into one of the whiskey shops and I saw a bottle of Pochine. And I honestly, I thought to myself, it's starting to get a little bit of traction. When you when it appears on a shelf in a whiskey shop in Edinburgh, on the Royal Mail, that's, that's kind of it's telling. It's very me. telling. It's telling. It, and, and it was, there's almost a little sense of pride about it. You know, I thought to myself. There is. This, this is this that we're, it's starting to leak in. Pardon the pun. It's starting to get into that little cracks, and there was there was not that many bottles of Irish whiskey there. There was some, but there was there was just a bottle of Pochine, and I thought this this is a start. It, it could just it be is, that. and you know maybe uh, a nice analogy, maybe not. Uh, people might say, "Oh my God, what kind of analogy is that?" But it might be like the the fermentation process. You know, when when the yeast is first inoculated and it starts eating the sugar, it, it, it just takes it a while to multiply, but it, it gets to a certain point and it exponentially grows then. Yeah. You know, it's the um, the, the, the uh, sort of uh, the cumulative effect of it, that the compounding is what I'm looking for. And it just, uh, you know, yeah. it, I think that is is normally the way, isn't it, with, with categories? I, I, I mean... People, people just move about. I mean, there was the, the whole white spirit craze of, of, of vodkas and, you know, they were used for cocktails and people vodka and coke and then it slowly started over heading towards that they wanted flavoured spirit because they could do more with it and there was more potential. And then it's heading over to the brown spirit. But I can see where Irish potching just, honestly, you just see it igniting and 
Eastern Europe or South America or somewhere just catching on and yes. they're just really just taking off. Uh, I, I was reading the other day that tequila, uh, tequila has had this terrible reputation for years because mm-hmm. with, with the baseball in the world, everybody was, oh, get it down and lick salt and drink the tequila and make sure you get the taste of it out of your mouth as quickly as possible. I love it. I love it. I love it. But some of the, the aged tequilas and, and, and you know, the barrel-aged tequilas and stuff are really good quality spirit and they've got loads of flavour. And it's, it's starting to gain a, a better reputation. So, I mean, Pochi, there's absolutely no reason in the world why that couldn't couldn't just explode. Absolutely not. And, and there, you know, again, like I said it kind of earlier, earlier um, you know, that, that was the initial inspiration, if you like, the... The rise in knowledge around tequila and the the understanding that people got, hey, this isn't a core spirit if you get the right product. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I thought that was the perfect analogy. And uh, I, I think the other thing is when we're producing high quality product and yeah. it has an authentic story behind it. Um, I, I think it is every chance then of uh, succeeding uh, in in the market. And I, I. I wholeheartedly agree. I think I think it's only a matter of time before it gets picked up and and ran with by. With the best one in the world, the pro is maybe needs one of the big guys to put a bit more effort to it, and then everybody gets rushed on, and yes. and everybody benefits. You know, it's it's I, the whole Irish whiskey category has benefited massively from from some of the big guys. Well, and there's no, there's no they're, reason. They're very welcome to help us do it, uh, provided, <laughs> provided they want to take uh, control. Uh, if I may, I'd like to raise just a little toast to people uh, on this evening and to yourselves. Uh, just, we'll say, Slanta, I have a glass here, uh, which I just uh, literally took out of one of our casks. It's uh, it's uh, single pot still, it's peated single pot still, and it Lovely. came out of uh, an Oloroso cask. So, uh, Slanta Harda, Slauncher, guys. Slauncher. Mm. I'll say that, not Bushmills. I'm on the water tonight. Sorry, folks, but I'm on the water tonight. I, I've, I've been working all week, and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit tired, so I'll not be staying up too late tonight. I'll be going to my bed, but uh, yeah, I'm getting too old. I'm just getting too old. That's the problem. Would you believe, right... Um, uh, you know, uh, speaking of uh, tomorrow, uh, we're actually, uh, we've left it quite late, but uh, we've bagged up all the turf. So it was bagged, you know, uh, you know, when the weather was good and just the way things fell, um, everything just got crazy busy. But tomorrow we're actually uh, bringing the turf home. So the like the turf is perfect in the bags. But I just hope that the, the path would be fine. Uh, <laughs> mine, uh, he's he's uh He's driving his tractor like, and he says, can we do it at 11? I said, no, 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 come on, do it at 10. And he said, ah, go away, go away, go away. So anyway, he's coming tomorrow. <laughs> I can see it like a, almost like a procession, you know, <laughs> everybody walking with banners and stuff. Yay, the, the Pete's coming in, you know, cutting it. Yeah, we might, we might take a couple of snaps of it uh, tomorrow. Yeah, do that. Send us something over. Uh, as, as we'll we'll put them on Facebook if, <laughs> it's, if, it's, if it's working, you know. Depending on if it's working. Do you actually have your own plot where you dig your, your own turf, or, or or do you get it from? Oh, you have your own. Very good. Yeah, we do, we do, we do. We, we have a number of spots, but uh, it's only the one spot really that we cut most years, and uh, that's that's where the the family have been cutting for uh, a number of generations there. So, um, and, and by the way, anybody who's uh, environmentally minded, 
I know there's people give on about Pete and so on. The amount of Pete that it takes to Pete a bit of party is minuscule. I mean, it's it's tiny in comparison to. Oh, it is. Pete, uh, look, <laughs> let, let me just. Uh, we, we're. Um... 